0: Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman and I'm here with my friend Zach Mack.
1: Hello, theorists.
0: So today's episode was inspired by the many battles in March of the Machines that flip into legendary creatures. Uh, so we've gotten confirmation from Sheldon, uh, Sheldon Mennery that uh, there's currently no plans to allow these types of cards to be legal as commanders. So in addition to these cards, there's also some older cards that have other card types on the front and legendary creatures on the back. Um, So in this episode, we're going to be exploring basically these rule zero commanders, these these commanders that you will have to convince your friends in order to let you play, um, but which we think, you know, a lot of them do have interesting play patterns build into cool decks. And we just want to explore that and give you all options for if you want to play around some of the cool new legendary creatures. So, before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits, including ad-free episodes for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. All right. With that... Let's jump into the first commander. Um, so this is Invasion of Segovia on the front half. Two and a blue for a four defense battle. When it enters the battlefield, create two 1-1 one, one blue Kraken creature tokens with Trample. And then when you flip it, it's Cadus, Sea Tyrant of Segovia. A 3-3 three, three legendary creature serpent. Non-creature spells you cast have Convoke. And at the beginning of your end step, untap up to four target creatures. So we have a list in the episode description, but this is a pretty interesting commander. Um, Not only are you kind of generating a lot of mana off your creatures in a blue deck, which is itself like really unique um, play style, you are able to untap your guys, get a lot more value out of utility creatures that tap a very neat commander. Um, The way I would think about building it is, uh, running a lot of token generators cards like you know taurand sky summoner poppet stitcher um uh whispering wizard deca fractal theorist all these cards that uh generate tokens often when you're casting your instant sorcery spells and then all those non-creature spells um not only do they like feed your token generators, but they also give you an outlet for the, the mana you're generating by giving things Convoke. This is li- like some of the better Haymaker spells in this color identity are like extra turn effects, um, like draw sevens. There's some very powerful things you can apply your, your Convoke mana towards in this color identity. So it Seems like a very cool card. Um, do you have any thoughts on this Catus deck, or how you would build around this if it were a legal commander?
1: So in my head, there's this category of decks that I don't know if other people think of the same way, but it's Grozoth decks, where you're just like things that cost nine or more. So, like, what I would want to do is a lot of like what you said, like the deck list that we're going to post with this deck. I think is a really really good example of like how fun like and how cool this deck can be but um when I think of like Grozoth decks I'm thinking of like what is like the biggest stupidest thing I can like cheat out into play and Grozoth is this nine mana nine nine defender from original Ravnica um, that has transmute for three so (laughs) if you want to get more nine drops um, and when it enters the battlefield you search your library for any number of other nine cost cards and put them in your hand so you know kind of funny you know haha very silly but in commander that's something that you can actually do (laughs) that's something that you can uh, can actually try to make happen is just get a bunch of nine cost cards so when you look at like all of the biggest stupidest things in that color identity um then you have like a lot of leeway. There's a lot of like uh, top of the library spells. There's one in um, what was it? Brothers War was that the one or was it? Um, I can't remember what it's called now. Where you can play off the top oh, of your library for spells free.
0: Oh, it's something the multiverse. Um,
1: yeah, I can't find it now for some reason because I can't type fast enough. One um, multiverse, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There's one with the multiverse and these like um, future side effects like are really good because you don't end up running out of steam. Um, They kind of act as like super draw spells and they themselves are convocable that help you cast all the other things off the top of your library. There's like big draw spells that cost like X or whatever that they print in every freaking set at this point that help you refill your hand. So I think the play pattern with this, um, if you're making tokens, if you're playing your like tower ends and um, other non-creature proking tower ends, there's like some uncommons and stuff in these colors that uh, make that happen. Your poppet stitchers and whatnot, murmuring Mystics, then you- you're going to end up with a bunch of tokens you're going to end up with a bunch of basically mana um it's going to play really fun (laughs) it's going to be nice and if you wanted to you could make it a grozoff deck so I, i really like any deck that fits that category where you're like i'm playing a bunch of nine drops and that's probably appropriate so that's all i really have to say about this guy it's really cool i really like this
0: yeah, uh, I also really like the next one.
1: So let's move on to
0: Invasion of Fiora. It's four black-black for a four-defense battle. and as a battlefield, choose one or both. Destroy all legendary creatures and or destroy all non-legendary creatures. And then once you flip it, the back is Marchessa, Resolute Monarch. She's a 3-6 legendary creature human noble with menace and death touch. When she attacks, remove all counters from up to one target permanent. And at the beginning of your upkeep, if you haven't been dealt combat damage since your last turn, you draw a card and you lose one life. There's a lot to like about this commander. Um, I, I think that we've talked before about how, like, there's just a lot of powerful, like, sort of mono black control legendary creatures. So th- this could be a sort of like a legend party style deck where you just play all these synergistic. Um, black legends and then you use your command zone to just like kill everyone's creatures except yours and
1: that Mm -hmm. could be
0: fun um there's also once you are able to flip the invasion um there's also fun things you can do like you know there's so many of these like feign death uh supernatural stamina undying malice undying evil type cards that just bring back a creature that dies so once you have it on the Marchessa side, uh, you can plan to like sacrifice her, uh, or like cast one of these spells on her, then sacrifice her, and then you get another board wipe easily. Um, other things you can do, uh, you can make use of the like ability to remove counters from things and run like Dark Depths and just plan mm-hmm. to to beat face with a twenty twenty indestructible. Um, so there's a, a lot of fun controlly gameplay to get out of this. It, you know, if you are able to convince your your playgroup to let you use it. Um what what do you think about like this invasion slash Marchessa as a commander?
1: Yeah, I think uh this is probably the gonna be one of the harder ones to convince people of, but I think you can do it because there are a lot of decks that are secretly I wrath your board every turn. (laughs) Um, And I think the front half being like a straight up wrath is like more difficult to get people to play with. But I don't know if, I mean, like Magetta the Lion has been a card for a very long time. And granted, like Mono White was very bad for a very long time. But that is a play pattern that has happened. And there's also cards that like, secretly wrath your board every turn um so um uh mono black umizawa the the og what's his name um, uh tashiro tashiro yeah so Toshiro umizawa is like a three mana samurai that whenever a creature dies you can cast an instant from your graveyard well it turns out that like in mono black that's usually like kill spells and draw spells <laughs> so you, that deck kind of ends up Clearing the Board, Hirobi, Death's Whale. I don't know how many people have seen that one in action before. It is really cool because you get to play with some really weird cards, but um, it kills your whole board every turn. The, the the commanders that make tokens and play well with Grave Pact, uh, Nivenriel, Urborg Tyrant, if you remember him. Um, I think the biggest thing with a lot of these cards is that they require like Hoops or like perceived hoops to jump through, but in actuality, it's just uh, they're, you're just kind of playing the deck, you know. And and we did get some more that just blow up a bunch of stuff, you know, like Shieldred, just Shieldred from March of the Machine, or the Elish Norn from March of the Machine, just blow everything up. Bracto Showstopper, blow stuff up, kind of, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> almost all the way um which all is just to say that i think that's going to be the hardest part of getting your playgroup to play with this is like oh but you'll have a wrath in the command zone but you should be able to point to a bunch a bunch of other commanders and be like well that commander yeah, has like long Masacre drawn girl out exists yeah Massacre girl exists um there's just like a bunch of cards that do this already so i re- i really think that it's more people's hesitancy to try something new as opposed to the actual like power level of what is going on. <laughs> so hopefully you'll be able to convince your friends to play cuz the deck is awesome, the deck is really cool. Um we're going to have the deck list in the description um and then you can all have fun with this flip flip commander cuz honestly well, I guess uh, Double Face Commander because Flip Commanders is a rant. I'll go on later. <laughs> we can talk about that later. But um, this... Can I, I throw think out
0: one you... last piece of tech before we move on? Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, Another piece of tech that I think is kind of funny is wish claw Talisman. Oh, yeah. So uh, it enters the battlefield with three wish counters on it, but when you use it, you have to give it to an opponent so that they can get tutors as well. But you can also just, like, use it, give it to an opponent, and then immediately remove all the remaining wish counters with Marchessa. So it's just kind of like a three-cost tutor if that's something you're interested in.
1: That's you know? pretty funny. Um,
0: but Any last thoughts on Marchessa? Are you ready to move on to the next one?
1: No, yeah. Can I read off this next one? Yeah, go for it. So this is Invasion of Ulgrotha. Uh, so this one is a five-defense battle that costs five, four, and a black. It has when it enters the battlefield, it deals three damage to any other target and you gain three life. And if you can flip it, it turns into Grandmother Ravi Sengir, who is a three three human wizard with flying uh, that has whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, put a plus one plus one counter on Ravi Sengir and gain a life. Um, so this one actually I do like a lot. Like people play um, Grismold and stuff, uh, and have a really good time with him. So this one in particular is going to be like pretty similar gameplay, except you actually are going to kill people way faster because, like, flying and commander damage is is uh, it's pretty good. I guess you're going to be running a lot of the same tech um, that controls the board, kills little guys, but this basically just fits into mono black, like the B squad, you know the mono black legends lists and this is going to be right at home so yeah how do you feel about this one
0: uh i think this one uh definitely one of the less powerful of the ones we're talking about today um it's like relatively expensive to get down for the effect it has like higher defense than you'd kind of expect um but i think this could be fun if you want to just maybe do like an old growth a theme deck uh, or something, perhaps a little bit less competitive. I think this is certainly one of the easier ones to convince your play group to allow you to run. Uh, and there, there is you know, of course that that win condition mechanism you suggested of just like you know she probably will grow pretty fast. Um, there are also one or two ways to make use of the counters for more value in this color identity, like. Um if you have a retribution of the ancients, it creates sort of like a, a positive feedback loop where it's like, okay, I remove some counters from Ravi to kill something. When that dies, Ravi triggers gets another counter. So it's like, you can just kind of, you can't, I mean, depending on like the average toughness of the board, you're not going to clear everything, but you can certainly get a lot more value um, out of your counters and than you might otherwise be able to. Um, so, I think that's pretty neat. And I think we can move on, perhaps, to the next yes. commander.
1: So, something that is surprising uh, is just over the years, they've given Black a lot of commanders that can't be your commanders. Um, yes. I don't know why in particular, but this one is one of the more famous ones. Uh, the next two we're going to talk about. Um, and they both happen to come from the same plane. But this is Westvale Abbey. So this is a land. So it taps for a colorless. It has five, tap, pay one life, put a one-one white and black human cleric creature token onto the battlefield, and then five and tap, sacrifice five creatures, transform Westvale Abbey, then untap it. Uh, And the backside is Ormendal Profane Prince, which is a nine-seven with flying, lifelink, indestructible, and haste. Um, So... Yeah, what's what 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 do we got to say about this?
0: So, I I want to throw this out there, just like interesting little tidbit about this card. Uh, I think it was I think we were talking to Charlotte Sable at one point and she said that like this card is actually like one of the biggest obstacles to making DFC commanders legal because the rules don't support paying commander tax for a land. Um, So like, like how would you really do it since you're not casting a spell? Um, What does it even mean to like play a land instead of like casting (laughs) your commander from your command zone? Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of like weird, difficult, unanswered questions. So Ormondal is kind of keeping himself locked away which i guess is like a flavor win.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, it, so, it it is it's one of those things that like isn't very intuitive to people who like don't like aren't thinking about it like rules-wise for sure because mm-hmm. it's like one of those like oh but the stack resolves this way kind of things where you're like huh? Um especially like if you're a newer player. But yeah, it, it's yeah, you can
0: it, tax a spell, you can't really tax a land drop.
1: Mhm. But mm-hmm. like in your head you're like oh i just when I play this land, I pay too, but it's like the rules are over there, like on fire, like trying to process what is going on. So it's a yeah. pretty interesting case.
0: Uh, in terms of actually building around this, this card. Um, I mean, it, it seems like you would definitely want a lot of token generation. Uh, your goal is, is clearly to flip this thing. So you're going to want, you know, Sengir autocrat, um, new scraft mob any of these like extreme outliers in terms of the amount of tokens you're getting for the the mana you're putting in and the number of cards you're putting in um and then once you manage to complete that quest and get ormondal uh there's i mean a tainted strike or a grafted exoskeleton will make him a one-hit ko because he's indestructible you can just plan to like wipe the board and have your your commander survive it. Um it is also nice that like yeah it's a little bit of it takes a little bit of effort to flip him, but in neither state of this card is like particularly vulnerable. Um like as a land, there's not I mean depending on your metagame, there might not be a huge amount of non-basic land hate. Um and then once you actually get him flipped over, he's indestructible. So that's nice um a little bit harder to kill and i think like that's kind of what i've been thinking about for this commander i don't know if you have other thoughts for what to do with him
1: no i like that i mean i think one of the things that's compelling about ormandal is that um he's like a secret like a funny uh Chroma type deal going on like a kitchen sink like big guy um, kills really fast. Um, you just have to focus on getting the creatures down. But those creatures help you in so many ways. Like, they're chump blockers. Uh, they're attackers. You can kill one person with Armendal while you kill the other person with your tokens. Um, there's Death Pits of Wrath. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Um, That's what's the one, the one? Like
0: any damage uh, kills a creature.
1: Yeah, that one's really funny here. There's a lot of black enchantments um, that... Uh, Oh, what's the one where you sack your board and then your board gets plus two plus two? What am I oh, thinking death of?
0: Pit offering? Yeah, um,
1: death pit offering. <laughs> so
0: like, also, there's a bunch like, of. Mm-hmm. I I mean, also like just like grave pact or dictative Erebos, If your game plan involves sacrificing five creatures, that'll almost certainly like clear everyone else's board.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like these these spells are become basically board wipes for most reasonable like board states. Um which is pretty cool, pretty wild. Um once again fits in the Mono-B squad and this I think would be fun. I think like having a big flying life linking commander would be fun, especially when you have to jump through such a big hoop, but like the reward is really worth it. So it's kind of a shame that this is one of the ones you can't play. I think it would be interesting to see because you do have to like your Ormendal gets exiled. now you have to jump through the hoop again, Can your deck handle it? I think that's a cool question to ask. um this next one is actually like one that I think people talk about the most over the years mm-hmm. when it comes to i mean uh it's one of the ones at least, but it it is also in the mono B squad, but would you like me to read it off? Yeah, go for it. So, this one is uh, the the classic combo. This is Elbrus, the Binding Blade, and uh, well, I'll, I'll get to the backside in a second. So, Elbrus is a seven mana uh, legendary artifact equipment. Uh, it says equip creature gets plus one, plus zero. Uh, it equips for one mana, and whenever equip creature deals combat damage to a player, unattach Elbrus, the Binding Blade, then transform it. So, I always thought that was really funny. I'm like, this is like the lamest equipment of all time basically <laughs> um but it flips into wittengar unbound like is it Wittengar because do you pronounce the th uh so I would
0: guess like typically the way wizards does things or at least they have done things for a while is they just write things out phonetically. So that's mm-hmm. why we got like Guillaume with like G-Y-O-M-E. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would assume that we're supposed to pronounce it how it's written.
1: Okay. So Withengar Unbound is a 13-13 demon <laughs> with flying, intimidate, and trample. Remember intimidate? Um, and it has whenever a player loses the game, put 13 plus one plus one counters on Withengar Unbound. So... You're playing with some evasive, like little guys. Uh, You're playing with double strikers. You're playing with some fast mana to get to seven, ways to like make artifacts cheaper, stuff like that, whatever gets you there, Uh, so that you can get to your flying 1313 trampling evasive commander. Um, This one seems like actually a ton of fun, like a really goofy Voltron deck. And uh, it is, it has been vetoed for uh, a decade, or more than a decade at this point. No, it's a decade, right? What was this? Twenty eleven, I think. Uh, Twenty twelve, yeah, yeah. So yeah. more than a decade. Wow. Well, yeah. So, listener, if you complain enough, we might be able to get get <laughs> the Elbrus deck put together. But um, how do you feel about this deck? Like, what what's your what do you like about it? What what's the the vibe you are getting from it?
0: Uh, I think the hoop is a lot easier to jump through than for Dahl and Westvale Abbey. Um, like, all that really is required is a single evasive dude and enough mana to get Elbris down. So I think that's not too big of an ask. There's plenty of, like, mana rocks you can run. Um, and Black has a def- decent number of just, like, you know, flying guys, shadow guys, Random other evasive guys. I don't think it's too tough to meet these requirements. And then also, I really like withingars I mean, I like Withengar's body or, or like stats more than Ormondal. It is unfortunate that he does not have indestructible. But yeah, having thirteen power really makes the whole Voltron strategy so much easier than nine power. It's naturally a two turn clock as opposed to a three turn clock. And there are some cards that not that like shorten that clock even further that wouldn't really work for Ormondal. So like if you give with guard double strike, it's a one hit KO. Um, in addition to like Tainted Strike and Grafted Exoskeleton that, that also work with Ormandal, um, a, um a Phyresis or a Glistening Oil will also make with Ingar Unbound, a, a one hit KO. So it's just like more options for getting in. It certainly will be painful if somebody just like go for the throats him, but getting the. Again, this isn't like too difficult of a quest. It's not going to feel nearly as bad as when your Ormond gets Path to Exiled or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is definitely one where like you are going to find it reasonable that your commander dies the way it does because it's incredibly threatening, uh, but it will not be like impossible to get them back. It will be like time consuming. It will be like, this is not a like tier one commander deck should flip commanders become like possible like these DFC commanders, but, but it would be fun. <laughs> like, it would be a fun deck in a play group. It would make the game like cruise, you know, when you have this much power threatening, um, like that makes the game and pretty quickly. Um, I know as someone who plays a giant ten ten wizard sometimes. So, um, this next one, we have some of the battles that we talked about in the, um, in the episodes, we kind of mentioned them and how fun they are. So, I, Oh, I, well, this next one, I guess I said fun, and then I had to stop and think <laughs> about it. But let's, I guess, talk about this next one. So it is um Invasion of Ikoria. This is an X green-green. Uh, it's a battle with six defense. And it says, when Invasion of Ikoria enters the battlefield, search your library and or graveyard for a non-human creature card with mana value X or less and put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, Shuffle. Uh, and when you remove those six counters, it turns into Zalortha Apex of Aquaria, which is an 8-8 legendary creature dinosaur with reach. And for each non-human creature you control, you may have that creature assign its combat damage as though it weren't blocked. Um, Yeah, the biggest, the biggest boy or girl, the biggest dinosaur. I don't know yeah. what Zalortha's pronouns are. I don't know if it will lay a clutch of eggs someday. I feel like that's probably true because Godzilla is canonically an egg-laying yeah. dinosaur. So who knows? Um,
0: I would say this is like uh, of the commanders we're going to be discussing today of like the DFC commanders with a, a legend on their back. This is the one you are least interested in flipping because the front half is just such an effective win condition as we talked about during the set review. Um, this to me just looks like a crater hoof in the command zone. Um, you just cast it for X equals eight, get your, your big beefy boy and, and turn all your guys sideways in an alpha strike. Um, I think that like diverting damage to the invasion to try to get an eight, eight is not, mm, not super relevant when you're trying to just like close out the game. I would much rather just be trying to kill opponents than to, like, win more and get more fat. It's kind of how I'm feeling about it. What What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I think the non-human, like, I really think you, you really need to hammer that home, too, if you're going to make this deck. Like, you can't just, th- there's just a few, there's just enough humans there's just enough humans that when <laughs> you uh, are going to play this the first time you might put a card in the deck that like you aren't actually going to be able to tutor or who isn't going to get the buff just because you don't think of it as like a human card so just be careful you know like tireless tracker is not going to get tutored you know stuff like that um or your uh sage stuff like that you can't this doesn't really work out there. But um yeah, this is I think this is just a blisteringly fast mono green deck with a win condition always available. <laughs> this is what this seems like to me. Um Yeah. It might be a little challenging to convince your
0: playgroup to uh let you run this because it's just so obviously aggressive. Um but like Jetmere already exists. Yeah. It costs way less. So like, mm, I don't know. I know. You can always point to that.
1: And it's like three colors. Yeah, yeah, no, there's like a ton of That's one of the things about this episode in particular is that um I feel like when a thing is not on a legendary creature, it feels or like the people who are less inclined to allow these kind of things uh, feel like it's more unfair, but the format's already really messed up <laughs> like <laughs> like there's a lot of really gross stuff out there already. And I think if you can point to that, like, well, yeah, I can get Crater Hoof every turn, but have you ever played against like a Yusan Wanderer Bard deck? You know, like have have you ever played against a Jetmere list? Like there there are Naya decks that do things way, way, way more heinous than my mono green deck is ever gonna do, you know? Yeah. So, I think that's something to point to if this is something that you do want to play with your friends, mm-hmm. um, which gets us to our I think our last specific card we're going to talk about today.
0: Yes, uh, this is Invasion of Theros. It's two and a white for a four defense battle. When it enters the battlefield, search your library for an Aura God or Demigod card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. And the back half is Afara Ever Sheltering. Uh, she's a 4-4 four, four legendary enchantment creature god. She has lifelink and indestructible as long as you control at least three other enchantments. And whenever another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. So this is uh, I, I think a, a pretty neat deck. We talked about it a tiny bit during our set review. Um, but it's just like a new color identity for an enchantress deck. Um. There's certainly like plenty of cool ways to get value off of the front half, like lots of good lockdown auras like um Dark Steel Mutation, Heliod's Punishment, Imprison in the Moon, um, and also, you know, some decent gods and demigods. And then of course the back half just is a fantastic way to get more value as you cast your your enchantments. It's going to look a lot different than a Sithis deck because you don't like. There's so many just like powerful ramp auras in a green color identity that you don't have access to here, but you can uh, run a lot of things like um, you know control magic effects. There's a ton of those and they're still very good. Um, There's some powerful card draw engines on enchantments in blue like Ristic Study and Mystic Remora, and then there's just some neat. Little extra pieces of tech. It's kind of nice that Afara, her card draw is an ETB trigger, um, so Blink Engines can work pretty well with that. You have access to like Displacer Kitten. You have access to um, like Thossa Deep Dwelling, targeting your enchantment creatures. So there's some some fun ways you can game that. You also have like access to mass um, Blink effects if you have enough enchantment creatures in your build. So, pretty cool commander. Um, I I don't know if you have any thoughts to add to that.
1: Not many. I think uh, we talked about in the review episode, like, I I basically kind of gushed about this card and how cool it was. Um, I like that your commander's kind of hidden away. I think in these colors, the Enchantress effect is very good. And at three, it would have been, like, incredibly good. (laughs) Like, like pretty wild, uh, especially... The uh, like indestructibility clause on Afara is like pretty easy to get to, but the fact that you get this tutor on the front side, and the fact that you that like is really encouraging you to play the a, a specific grip of cards too. Like you might want to play like your aura removal. You want, might want to play or your you know your um, uh not passivisms. Your like uh like the morph of, this is the what's the witness protection stuff like that. Um, very specific ones you could play the other gods, the demigods, which it looks like we're going to get more of. Um, so uh, nudge nudge wink wink commander master spoilers. So they didn't just one and done that creature type line, which infuriated me. So there's stuff that you can get with the front side. You can uh, probably at this, this okay, at does this work with solemnity where if you play this? With solemnity out, it just dies immediately. Oh, is that me, does that work?
0: That's a great question. Um, Let's look at battles uh, and solemnity. That may require, yeah, some googling.
1: Mm, this is a terrible thread.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. No judges weighing in, um, but it is worth noting. Uh, solemnity does not actually call out all permanents. It, it specifically states counters can't be put on artifacts, creatures, oh and yes, or lands. So battles will probably
1: remain. Uh, or like keep their counters. Yeah, so that's problem. not going to not going to matter here. They are too smart. They've le- they've used they've learned to use their powers for good. Um <laughs> well, there you go. So, not an instant win. Uh it's looking like from what I was seeing though that playing a battle that enters with zero counters doesn't defeat it, but that might not be the case, so we'll have to figure this out. But um Think this is a cool deck. I have one more thing uh to talk to you about or to ask you about before we go. Sure. Um so they are um remarkably underwhelming, but for years and years and years and years, like since I think I've like we've been playing Commander, people have been asking for the literal flip commanders from champions of Kamigawa block, um to um be legal basically as commanders because there are a, a bunch of cycles of creatures usually rares or uncommons that are a kind of unremarkable creature that does something and then you flip it over like literally spin the card around uh, and it mm-hmm. becomes a legendary creature so like an example would be like a budoka gardener which is one i've heard people talk about before which is one in a green for a two one that has tap. Put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield if you control 10 or more lands. Flip Budoka Gardener. And when it flips, it turns into uh, Dokai Weaver of Life, which is a legendary creature, a 3-3, with uh, 4 green-green, so 6 tap. Create an XX green elemental creature token, or X is the number of lands you control. Um, These ones have always seemed kind of egregious to me that they're not legal because like not just are they typically not very powerful. Um Nizumi Gra- Grave Robber is probably like the most memorable and powerful of the bunch mm-hmm. of these. Um but it just seems like if someone wants to have fun with this card, why not why not allow them but, to? Yeah. So I'm not sure how you feel about flip walkers. Or not not flip walkers, the the literal flip legends from the champions block but i'm assuming it's probably similar to me
0: yeah i I think that like this unlike the issue with um having a land in the command zone with westvale abbey i don't really see any reason not to allow it like they're never going to print more of these because they are kind of confusing to look at um (laughs) so why not just allow that why not just like put a specific rule just covering these cards and make the format a tiny bit broader and like excite the few people who were playing in 2004 and were yeah. waiting 19 years for the opportunity to to play their night ice deck
1: yeah exactly like i I've, I've seen so many people and th- this is one of the silliest things that i think that i've seen especially playing out at big events since uh, the command fest have been happening like consistently is in particular people talk about Aki Lava Runner like all the time, <laughs> which is so silly to me. But Aki Lava Runner is a one-one uh, Goblin Warrior with haste uh, for four mana, three in a red, and it says when Aki Lava Runner deals damage to an opponent, flip it, so it doesn't have to be combat damage, notably, uh, and then it turns into Talk Talk Volcano Volcano Born. So Talk Talk Volcano Born is a two-two Goblin Shaman with protection from red. Uh, which I love and then if a red source would deal damage to a player it deals that much damage plus 1 to that player instead. So it's just like the most convoluted way you could ever get like a Crater Helion or whatever not a Crater Helion the the Volcanic Ember Helion Embermaw Helion there you go, one of those Helions. Um, but if people want to do that and like build a deck around this little guy like why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like,
0: I mean Torbrand exists. So mm-hmm. I I mean unless you think the the pro red is really what's busting this card. Um no, I I agree. I think it's totally fun fair magic. If somebody wants to do this, I I'm never going to like to not allow this if somebody sits across from me with an Aki Lava runner deck.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think really the thing to to get off of flip cards and go to like Transform commanders in general, like flip and transform commanders in general, is that they are never, like one of the things that they've had to do, we've seen wizards bend over backwards for the commander format over the last few years. I think March of the Machine is like the pinnacle of that, where they've literally changed the story and like added a card type to allow for commanders and their characters to be played as commanders, stuff like that um when i wonder like how different things would be if just we had allowed planeswalkers to be commanders if we had allowed like transform cards to be commanders you know like what would the world look like at this point if you could have a planeswalker on the front and a legendary creature on the back you know what what would the world look like if elbrus was playable from <laughs> like the get go from release um it's it's interesting how these really corner cases really, like there's not many of these cards um are being kept in the corner, you know, being kept in the pen away from the rest of the format. It's I I don't quite get it. Uh and I'm hoping that the listeners, after like maybe listening to this episode, might agree, may might wanna have fun with their friends and build one of these decks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great question. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, but I think we have approached the end of the episode. Yes. Um, let us know your thoughts on these Rule Zero commanders. If you'd let them at your table, if they seem too broken, we're curious. But before we sign off, I'm going to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Ryan, Addison, Rick, Raphael, Kyle, Laser. Charlotte, Hannah, Andy, James, Bryce, Benjamin, Brandon, Kaidel, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, John, John, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Jim, Andrew, Vasilios, Logan, Fugger, Carl Oscar, Danny B, Jean-Francois, Drew, and Nick, BJ, Cameron, Valerio, Quincy, Kerry, Stephen, The Longs, Vincent, Maceo, Dylan, and Cameron. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron, but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Commander Theory.
1: And on Twitter, I am at Fat Bartleby.
0: You can also email us at commandertheory at gmail.com. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check them out on SoundCloud.
1: And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk pop punk band called the Have Nots. All one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, You can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavenauts.bandcamp.com. That is T H E H A V N A U T S.bandcamp.com and check us out. Let me know what you think.